Welcome back to your tech report. It's been only a couple of weeks since Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, but you know the conversation's going to continue going for quite some time now, thanks to, of course, all their announcements. At the event this year was the editor-in-chief of Mobile Syrup, a great source that I follow for great stories and all, all the news in tech. Patrick O'Rourke joins us now. Thank you for being here, Patrick. Thanks for having me. You know, I really enjoyed uh, reading all the coverage, watching uh, you busting your butt at, at in Cupertino. Um, uh, I was listening to the Syrup Cast, you guys' podcast, which you guys, if anybody has not subscribed to that yet, you could find that on, of course, any any podcast platform. Uh, before we dive into, obviously, the specifics, because there's obviously stuff we want to talk about, ha- do you know how many events you've been to, Apple events you've been to in your lifetime? Have you figured that out yet? Oh, man, I don't <laughs> even know. Um, I know I started physically going to actual events uh probably just just after the apple watch came out so i think 2014 2015 something like that covering the industry for far longer than that but actually getting invited and going to the events was was around that so how did this event compare to others because i think that if you speak to anybody who was there it was a little bit different the flavor was different yeah, I mean, WWDC, I don't, I don't want to say it's typically a boring event to cover as media, but to be honest, it is. Sometimes it's all software focused. I care more about hardware in most cases. There, there is a lot of like fun stuff to unpack at WWDC, so there's two different ways to look at it. But this event in particular on the media side, everyone was hyped. It, it's, it's rare for Apple to introduce a new product category, and everybody was almost certain that the Vision Pro was coming. So... I mean, there's like this air of anticipation in the air that we knew this was going to happen. And like for for me, I, I've been around not forever, but quite a while at this point. Um, and I've never, other than the HomePod, which I don't know if I want to count it, I've never been around for a new Apple product introduction. So it was particularly exciting for me in terms of like a career milestone to see Apple introduce something something new uh, for a change and me physically being at that event for that. Now, you know, you talked about the fact that the, you know, uh, Vision Pro wasn't a surprise. I mean, a lot of people expected it. And I think that if it didn't come, we would have been more surprised than anything else. Um, and, and we knew a fair bit ab- about it beforehand, but there's so much that we didn't know. So what was the initial reaction when that first came up on the screen, you know, from Apple Park, where people just kind of like, you know, was like, OK, let's let's find out more details here. I think from the media, it was a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of like a bit of awe, a bit of like poking jokes at different things because a lot of some of the presentation was was like a greatest hits of VR, right? Yeah. Like we've seen this before, we've seen Oculus do it, we've seen Vive do it. It was all the like demos that you you've seen in the past, right? So there wasn't anything during the presentation that really stood out to me as someone who's used a lot of these headsets over the years. Developers, there was like gasps and cheers and and that sort of thing. But you you get that at every WWDC, right? Um, I think for me, the big thing was like, okay, this sounds impressive. I like what you're doing here, but I need to try it. Like I need to physically put this thing on and I need to see if what you're saying about this headset and, and how you're hyping it up, I need to see if that's true. Now, did you know going into this event that you were gonna get an opportunity to go hands on? I didn't and I also didn't even know like after it was revealed. So the way these events work is like you, you get a mysterious list of briefings and you don't really know what they're for and then you slowly figure it out. Um, and then through the grapevine, you hear about like other people that had certain briefings uh, on a specific day and you, you kind of piece it all together. And and between myself and uh, the other member of the mobile serve team that was there, we, we kind of figured that we weren't going to get hands on with the headset on the first day, like the, the day of the keynote. But we thought that we probably would the second day. 
So we tried to cater our content on the first day around that and then cleared our schedules for the second day. And, and that that is how it worked out. But we we didn't know for sure until like I was literally in the, the demo, like headset demo area. Did you at least know ahead of time that you were going to be there for a couple of days? Because I'm sure people plan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you, you know that for sure. But a lot of the details of what you'll be doing during that time, this is Apple. Like this yeah. is what Apple always does. A, a lot of the detail regarding what you'll be doing during that time is is unknown you kind of know <laughs> but you kind of don't easier, know at the same time yeah so yeah, so tell sure. me you know so so you've you know you've seen the unveil obviously you hear other people's experiences what were you expecting walking into that briefing room and walking into that hands-on experience versus what you got um yeah so i had a little i had a few preconceptions in my head about the headset i i expected everything apple was doing with it to be better than what i'd experienced with other headsets um that that's kind of what I assumed would be the case because that's typically what Apple does, right? Like they, they come late to a product category, but they do it better. And and that's not all, all the time that the situation, but that's what we've seen a few times over the years. AirPods probably being the most recent example to some extent. Yeah. Um, so going into the demo, that was the thing that I was focusing on. It was like, okay, so they talked a lot about the, the 4K plus displays. Are those displays actually as good as what they're saying? Um, they were. It was probably the clearest display that I have ever looked through in a VR headset. I, I don't want to say that it like looked like the real world, but it was very, very close, and I, I could hardly see the pixels. That was one of the key things. Um, and then the other thing that just based on the rumors and the reporting that that I had done for many, many years now on this headset is uh, the little digital crown on the side yeah. of it. That was something that I was very interested in because I've seen other headsets do it, not with a digital crown, but like that idea of being pulled into virtual reality. Someone walks into the room, you need to speak to them. You spin something, you press a button, and and they suddenly appear. Um, I was very interested in how Apple handled that with their little spinning digital crown mechanism. That also worked extremely well. I was very impressed with it. Um, Apple had me try a demo where like they wanted me to to spin it, and the person beside me instantly appeared. It was it was a way to like kind of still have the headset on, but connect you with the real world. So. A lot of the stuff that I was going into the demo um, thinking we're, we're kind of like confirming my preconceived guesses about it. One of the things you mentioned in uh, in your podcast, in the Syrupcast, was the um, the precision and the eye tracking. And, yes, and you said yes, you, yeah. you were super impressed with that. What is it about that that impressed you? Just the getting used to it? What was the experience like getting used to it in the first place? It was pretty weird. Um, first, like 30 seconds listening to the Apple rep trying to explain to me how it works uh, was bizarre. And like, I couldn't I couldn't do it. But after like, I don't know, a minute, I, I caught on to it. So I'll, I'll give like a quick, very quick explanation of how it works too. Like, so your, your eyes, I've been describing them as your eyes of the mouse. Everything you look at is instantly highlighted. Um, and then your fingers making this like little, little claw motion here like this, yeah, that's pinch. the mouse button, the pinch. Yeah, pinch. I always forget that every time I talk about this. I never call it pinch. Um, so when you look at something, you you pinch, and that's how you, you navigate this, this operating system. Um, and it's weird because you want to reach forward. You want to like grab the icons. You want to like touch them, but that's not what how it's designed. You can pinch from wherever you want. There's cameras all over the front of this headset. You could pinch from like down on the floor, like on not not on the floor, but on your on your lap. Yeah, you don't have to, don't have to bring your hands into view. Like you could be literally exactly, just naturally yeah. just doing whatever you want. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And that was weird. It was it was different than any other type of VR 
AR interaction that I've ever had before, but it was also far more intuitive once I got the hang of it. Felt incredibly natural. I tried to break it, much to the <laughs> Apple reps' dismay. Like I was darting my eyes all over the place, looking at everything, like clicking all over, and I couldn't. It just it just worked, um, which was really cool to see. And that wasn't something that I went into the demo expecting. That was something that I was surprised about. I'd heard like rumors about it, but I didn't. I really didn't think Apple would be able to pull that off, and they did. Yeah, there's a lot of things I think that people don't realize or, or can't possibly imagine until you try something, you know. And this is one of those experiences. Now, you're you're a big gaming guy, so I'm assuming that you've tried every single virtual reality headset that has been on the market so far. How did it differentiate? And and where if you know if you're trying to look forward to when this is released in a year from now, do you think Apple will still be ahead of the game with this technology in a year from now when it comes out? I think so, just because the hardware cycles with the other companies are so so long. Like I know we do have the MetaQuest 3 on the horizon, but based on what I know about that device, it doesn't really rival what Apple's trying to do. The other thing I should probably mention too is like Apple didn't talk about gaming at all. Yeah. They pretty much pretended like this is not a gaming device, though we we know it's going to play games. Like they talked about how it's going to play Apple Arcade games. That was the only mention we got. Um, and I was a little surprised by that because I thought that they would trot out, I don't know, like the developers of Beat Saber or some big VR game or something like that. And they didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the things I'm worried about is the fact that there aren't any physical controllers that come with it. There's like this tactile feel that you get that's kind of required in the gaming space a little bit in, in VR. And there's no physical controllers. You can use like the PlayStation um, DualShock or the Xbox Series X controller with it. But my understanding is that they're not going to be motion-based or anything like that. The like stock, I guess you could say, input method is just your hands. Um, and I really, I didn't like pick up any objects or anything like that in any of the demos. I don't know if the headset's capable of, capable of that. Um, did have a dragonfly land on my finger, but I didn't, didn't pick up the dragonfly yeah, exactly. or anything. Um, so I, I don't know. It, that's one of the big questions about this headset. If, if it will be capable of creating engaging gaming experiences and... If it's not, I'll be pretty disappointed because the display tech would look great in, in a gaming yeah. use case. What about design and build in terms of, you know, comparison to other devices? Obviously, it looks so futuristic. I mean, this is uh, is it like that in person? Because a lot of people were saying that pictures don't do it justice. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like, I mean, there's two sides to this. I, I think it looks incredibly cool. I think it looks like this crazy cyberpunk set of ski goggles. It's the nicest looking VR headset I've ever seen. Feels super high quality. It's a little a little weighty in, in some areas. Like after having it on for 30 minutes, it I could feel it. I could feel it like kind of resting on my head um, because it's made of metal or aluminum. Um, but it, it like the other side of this is it's still a VR AR headset. And there's like a geeky nature to those things. Um, so I, I get the jokes. I get why people were making making fun of the look of it. Like, you really want me to put this on my face? It's it's not it's not cool to the average person. It's cool to me because I like this stuff. But like the average dude on the street, he's not going to think this thing looks cool. Um, but generally, I was very impressed with the build. It's the nicest, most impressive VR head. Even just holding it in your hand, like you, you can feel that it's an Apple product is probably the best way to describe the build quality. You know, you mentioned something interesting, which was you know you you kind of expected or hoped that they would trot on some game developers and stuff like that. And and one of the takeaways that I had, and I was talking on another podcast about this, was that the only other party that came on stage was probably the only 
company and person that 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 Apple would trust, and that is Disney. You know, and I, almost to the fact that I think that if Bob Iger wasn't reinstated as CEO a couple of weeks ago, I don't think anybody else would have been there except for them. Yep. And I think that says a lot. And tell me if you think I'm wrong here about where they're trying to position this in the market in terms of that media consumption thing, which I think much to your opinion, I think that's kind of a miss, too, because I think gaming is a big, big, big thing. But Apple's just gaming's not in their DNA. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um I, yeah, I don't want to say I was surprised by the Disney Plus slash Disney partnership, uh, but I, I do think it makes a lot of sense. One of my reactions to the headset was like, so I, I've tried to watch stuff in VR before. Like I've tried to run Netflix. I, I've tried to like stream other content. I've tried to even just like watch YouTube videos yeah. and it it sucks. Like it doesn't look good. I would rather just watch it on my TV. Yeah. Um, one of the demos that I tried out was Avatar 2. Haven't seen the movie yet, so <laughs> I don't don't know a hell of a lot about it. But um, the the very brief like two minute 3D demo that I watched in the headset, my reaction was very succinctly like I would I think I would watch this whole movie in this headset. Oh. There wasn't there weren't any downsides to the experience of watching Avatar two within it. Um, it it looked like I had a gigantic screen in front of me with a little a small amount of 3d to it um so yeah I, I get the partnership i think that is a unique angle for apple to take with the headset encouraging people to use it as i don't know like it, they described it as a tv replacement i don't see that but like as another screen to watch content on where there aren't compromises um or at least in the 30 minute demo it it felt like there weren't yeah. compromises i don't know what it would be like if you're watching avatar in it so yeah, I get that. I guess that from that. like the travel perspective, like being on a plane and being able to kind of immerse yourself. But you know, I'm the same with you. Like, I'd rather just watch something on my TV at home. Like, I don't. I mean, unless you know the seven people in your house and no one can decide what to watch. I guess there's a case for it, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I kind of wonder in a year from now if that's when it does come out, what will the experiences be like? Because it's funny on the gaming side, as much as we didn't hear about it on the headset. That's all people are talking about now on Mac OS, on those updates, like yeah. DirectX support, gaming support, everything about that on the Mac side. So suddenly you're like, okay, wait, this is confusing. You're, you're you're talking more gaming here, but now this is completely omitted on this side. Yeah, I I think like Apple's been trying to make gaming happen for for years now at this point, right? Like you have Apple Arcade, which is a nice selection of casual games, but that that like hardcore gamer audience, like I I got a Mac, like the Mac studio sitting right beside me with a, an M1 Max, uh, M2 Max in it. I would love to be able to play games on that, yeah. right? Um, I think it's probably a very capable gaming device, but the thing is convincing developers to port their stuff to Mac. And and I don't know if there's anything Apple can possibly do to make that happen. And I, and I know there is like some translation layer stuff going on with the new, with Mac OS Sonoma. So I'm hoping we see something. Like I, I watched a video of Cyberpunk like running on a Mac that, that was really cool to see. Um, I would love Mac gaming to be a thing, but it's been like 25 years and they haven't been able to make it work. So I'm I'm still still skeptical in that regard. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I, so what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with this headset in a year from now? Do you think that this is I almost get the idea that this was almost kind of a proof of concept for for augmented reality, you know, and that there's still this dream of just a pair of glasses you throw in your face that have all that functionality, but they just know the technology is still years away. 
Yeah, that, that, that's how I feel about it. Like, sure, this thing is crazy expensive. We, we don't even have a Canadian release date, to be clear, yeah. too. It's, it, it, it's, it'll probably cost like 5K Canadian if and when it does come out, which is insane to, to think about. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is that this is not a mass consumer device. Mm. Like Apple needed to release a physical product that focuses on VR and AR to get developers, yeah. uh, Apple developers that are involved in their ecosystem to start creating apps for a platform like this. And this is, I've been describing it as like the start of a long journey for the company. Like this is the first gen, first version of this headset. It's not what Apple wants to release. They want to release like a pair of sleek AR glasses just glasses just like normal looking sunglasses like things that's what they want down the line but to get to that point they got to release some sort of hardware um and hope that developers create software for it that will help sell the device in the same way that third-party software in some ways not in all ways sold the iphone back in the day um will that work out i don't know but if any company can pull it off to me it's it's apple they got infinite money in some ways infinite time They'll shove this VR AR thing down our throats for as long as they can. Did you get the feeling developers were buying into it? Yeah, I, I didn't get the chance, uh, as much of a chance to talk to developers as I would have liked, but the few that I did speak to were excited about it. Um, and we, we we published uh, like a, a short story of like different perspectives of, of Canadian developers on just WWDC in general. And, and a lot of them basically came up with different ways that they think they could integrate the headset into their existing apps. Um, I don't know if that's the way to look at like a new product category like this. I'm not a developer. I'm not certainly not smart enough to make stuff like that. But to me, it's like someone's got to come up with an original idea. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what this is for. That it's not for app, like, call it, right? yeah, it's not like an AR version of your existing iPhone app. Like that app's on the iPhone for a reason. That's where it works. And the question is whether or not anyone's ever going to come up with that killer app right i i think developers are excited about it is is what i would say but a lot just don't know what to do with it yet yeah, i'm kind of wondering if it's going to go the the i don't think it will but if it'll go the direction of the hololens you know which still exists but it's very business oriented it's very specialized but i think apple is just not going that direction they're just, they're going to push it as you said down our throats the consumer side of things. yeah the the hololens is an interesting device i, I tried it a, a couple times and it it's very impressive and it it like worked, but it also didn't work yeah. at the same time. Like some of the AR object moving stuff was super glitchy. And yeah, like you said, uh, Microsoft very quickly pivoted to making it like an enterprise business focused device. And I don't even think there's anyone left working on the project now at this point. They laid a bunch of people yeah. off. Um, I know Mercedes so, yeah, is using I don't think... it in like dealerships and, and in the yeah, medical yeah. and in CAE stuff uses it. But that's about it. That's all I hear about. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, before I let you go, I have to ask you, of course, about uh, some of the other announcements. Some, you know, the Mac Studio, the Mac Pro. Any any first impressions? Anything that kind of stuck out? Because I felt like they rushed through everything to get to that headset. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I published a quick story about the the 15 inch MacBook on on Mobile Syrup uh, very recently. I, I'm impressed with it, and I went into I went into that particular device thinking that I would hate it. Like, oh, really? I, I like the 13 inch. I think it's a great size. I have no interest in having, or I thought. I had no interest in having more screen real estate. And after spending a week with it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go back. It's just like a little bit of space, but it makes all the difference, especially if you're like me and you like split your screen and you're often working not at a desk. I I found it incredibly useful just to have that little bit of screen real estate. Um, Battery life was impressive, uh, a little bit better than my experience with the 13 inch MacBook Air. Um, But it's it's the same laptop, same exact laptop as the 13 inch. It's just 
just bigger. So it really depends on if you're that specific type of user that appreciates that screen real estate. Um, and then the Mac Studio, I, I haven't used that much. I'm going to run some benchmarks on it just to compare it to the um, M1 Max that I, I had, uh, I guess, two years ago now. Um, I find the Mac Studio an interesting device, particularly for me to do stuff with because it's so overkill for for me, yeah. right? Like I do a bit of video edit, a bit of video editing, a bit of audio editing, some Photoshop, Lightroom, but mostly I'm just typing all day, right? So the MacBook Air is perfect not, for you, really. At the end of the day, it, yeah, MacBook Air is my thing, you know. So the Mac Studio, it's it's fun to play around with, but I just do not take advantage of of that power. But that said, there's there's people out there that do developers, people that are are doing yeah. um like high end visual arts that kind of stuff. So I think it's. It's a cool device, and I'm glad that it exists. It's just maybe necessarily necessarily not quite for for me personally. Patrick, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Obviously, uh, you guys listening could uh, find Mobile Syrup online. The Syrup Cast, a great podcast. Again, subscribe to that and uh, and come back again. Talk more, more, more stuff. More than more than just Apple in the world today, especially here in Canada. Yeah, anytime. Happy happy to be on again. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here on your tech report and come back and talk to a company that is putting an emphasis on sustainability. And I want to dive into what that really means, especially in the tech world. Stick around. Your tech report will be right back. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the, the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is something you do. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.